Hello, and welcome to You Just Got Homeschooled. This is RJ. Um, Today, I want to talk about something a little bit different than I have in the past. I want to talk about why you should homeschool your high schoolers, or at least in my opinion. Okay, so I don't think that every high schooler should be homeschooled, but I do think that there's a lot more available to students, high school students that are homeschooled. Now, this is based on a lot of things. One, it's based on working in the classroom with high schoolers. Two, um, working as a, you know, support person for people who are homeschooling their high schoolers. And three, having conversations with um, various vendors and stuff like that and, and having their perspective given to me about what it's like in other states outside of California um, and how their university systems look at homeschoolers. So let's start at the beginning. I've been in a classroom. I've been in a classroom for multiple years. I've taught several hundred students, and I love teaching in a classroom, but it's not always the best environment for every student. And that's for a lot of reasons. One, um, classmates are both a blessing and a curse. They're a blessing in the sense that um, you have peers to talk to. They're great when you're time for projects or discussion, you have different viewpoints, things like that. They're a detriment in the sense that they're distracting. Um, they talk, they're, you know, it's oftentimes as a teacher, it's hard to keep them on track. Um, they're, what they're involved in or what they care about, it may not be what you are involved in or what you care about or what you think your kid ought to care about. Um, for example, uh, my freshman year of high school, I we had just moved to a new city. I was like registered right out, you know, like literally the week before school started. And I got put into like your basic low-level classes with no nothing, right? No assessment, nothing like that. So I don't remember much of my freshman English class other than it was last period of the day. Um, my English teacher was the choir teacher the other five periods of the day. Um, she was almost always frazzled and ready to give up by the time that she got to my class. And I learned more about sex and drugs from my classmates than I ever did about English. So now that was a public school, and so that's going to happen depending on what it is. But the fact that there was even that around, and it was not because the teacher was a bad teacher. She just, end of the day, you know, the group of kids that was there, it's like it's just hard to do. So that's one of the reasons. It's just like regular school, I mean, there's a lot of wasted time, passing periods, lunch, um, the ramping up and the ramping down. As a teacher, it's normal for ramping up to take, you know, five-ish minutes. I mean, you got attendance you have to do, and then it's kind of like review, who did what, did you turn in your homework, that kind of stuff, and then ramping down. Kids start, you know, looking at the clock and ready for the bell to ring 10 minutes before the bell actually does ring, and so you're fighting against that most of the time, especially if you're giving them time to work, like to catch up on stuff or get ahead on stuff or to like work on stuff so you can, they can ask questions before they go home and do homework. So there's that. There's also the fact that homework is one of those things where it's a good thing and a bad thing. Practice is always good, but they have found that homework oftentimes is detrimental to a student's overall learning, at least on a whole. So it might be good for individual kids. It's always good to practice those things, but it may not be good institutionally because it's so hard to monitor and things like that, but it's also hard to assess. So you have the entire like school system Trying And it's basically based on assessment, right? There's entire classes you have to take to become a teacher about assessment. How do you assess that they're learning? 
Um, and it has to be like something physical. You can't be like, well, I talked to them and they're very clearly understand the topic. That doesn't count unless you have a rubric and they provided a project. They even have a concept that um, principals will use called exit tickets. And they'll say, oh, you need an exit ticket, meaning that you should not let a kid out of your room until they've given you a piece of work that demonstrates what they learned that day. Well, not all learning is that incremental. Sometimes learning is a sense that you get or a sense that is developed rather than a, you know, like two plus two is equal to four, that type of thing. Um, Second off, I think that homeschooling provides lots of opportunities One, it allows the student to pursue what they're interested in, um, which is a great, great thing for them and a great thing for you. It allows them to utilize or or leverage their curiosity um, in order to help them figure out what they want to do with life. Um, Gone are the days where, you know, you go to school, you get out of school, you go to a job, you work for 40 years, and then you retire, right, at the same job. Um, In fact, not all. But many of the industries that our young people are moving into now didn't exist 40 years ago, um, or the level at which they existed is completely different than the one they existed or that exists today. Second off, there may be industries that are growing right now or coming into being or haven't even been envisioned yet that are going to be there in 20 years or even in five years. I mean, think about this. My first year teaching was the year after the iPad came out which means that I did almost all of my grad school before the iPad existed. And I remember the first flash drive I got ever in college. I think it was like my junior year of college. And it was like 512K, you know, which is like nothing. It's great for transferring papers from point A to point B, but you, you know, now you just throw it in Google Docs and it's there or, you know, um, Dropbox or something like that. So it allows you to like the freedom to do that. It also allows them the freedom of choosing what type of thing works for them in any given situation. Instead of it being a talking head in the front of the classroom or if the classroom does a flipped classroom or something like that where they like do the learning at home and then the practice in class or whatever it is, right? It allows them to pick and choose. They can choose from any number of teachers. They can choose to read it. They could choose to watch it. They could choose to you know do it with a tutor. They could choose to do it in a peer group. They could choose to do it part of a virtual class. They could choose to learn it in any number of ways, which is awesome. It also allows them to kind of construct their own thing. So if they're really interested in something or in a grouping of things, um, they can kind of leverage those things to create what they want. And that's not to say, like, I'm not saying that kids should not be able to always create what they want. They think that it is one of the fundamental realities of human existence that we need to learn. People need to learn to do things they don't like to do. They need to. It is a requirement. There will always be dishes. There will always be laundry. There will always be a toilet that needs to be cleaned. Like that's the reality. But in a classroom as a teacher, I cannot leverage that individual student's interest very well because if I leverage theirs, I may not be leveraging the other 32 kids in that class or 34 kids or 28 kids, right? However many kids in that class, I can't leverage theirs. And it's really hard to motivate a student. It's really even hard to know students when you have 120 of them that come through your class every day. You know their names, you may know a little bit of their story, but it's really hard to know what motivates them and what gets them ticking. But it's really easy when you're dealing with one, two, five, even 10 kids. So keep that in mind too. Like I think that, that homeschooling your high schooler provides lots of opportunities as far as that goes. That they can explore, they can learn new things. They can learn things that can actually move them in a career rather than things that are, the state has dictated they ought to know. 
right? Because they're blanketing. You have to remember, governments blanket things. They lump people together. They tell you what you are based on what they think you ought to be. And they label you and then they, then they decide later on whether or not that sticks. And so that's good and bad in a sense. Like generalizations is how humanity works, right? That's what, how we teach our kids little, you know, early on. Bowl. That could be a big bowl. It could be a small bowl. It could be a fish bowl. It could be a cereal bowl, right? It could be a pasta bowl. They're all bowls. And so we categorize generally bowl or cat, right? And it's not till later that we get the difference. Oh, that's a house cat. That's a jungle cat. Um, tigers are cats. Lions are cats. But it takes that like shifting. Um, it takes that, that mindset. And so, you know, we need to generalize, but it's really hard to do with education when we live in a society that ultimately it's the individual who has to bear the responsibility of providing for themselves and for their family. And so we educate in a general sense, but then if you're one of those people that falls through the cracks, which in many cases is a much higher proportion of the graduating population than you would expect, or even, even if they graduate, like many of them drop out. I know that my graduating class lost um, 400 students between our freshman year and our senior year. Like they didn't graduate with us. My class started with 700 freshmen and ended with 300 graduating seniors. And the last hundred of them dropped within the last like month and a half of at the end of, the, of their senior year. Like they just didn't have the credits to graduate. And so homeschool allows that variability that if you're really into the arts or photography, you can not only learn how to do photography, you can also learn the business behind it. And if you're in a regular school, you might be able to learn photography, but there's no class for the business. Um, I know that the high school that I went to when they were building it, which wasn't too many years before I went there, um, the local car dealership or one of the local car dealerships had offered to um, pay for mechanics, like teachers, uh, install the auto shop and provide the vehicles. And the school district said no. And it just blows my mind because I recently had my car work done, which is I don't do very often. Um, they did very little. They replaced one piece that was probably about an $8 piece, and it cost me $112. How would us as society, how would, how would people not benefit from more mechanics? In the sense that I paid them $112 to replace one piece that was really easy to get to and to check some stuff out. Let's you know, be fair there. But if there was two mechanics and they had to compete, instead of there being one mechanic you know, making $112, there'd be two mechanics. And on average, they might only make $56. But that $56 that that second mechanic makes or that each of them makes is still a heck of a lot more than they would working at McDonald's or as a janitor, you know, or, you know, like all those other jobs that are lower level jobs that they may not be able to get or they didn't even realize they might enjoy because some bureaucrat, some school board member decided that it is below our students to offer them auto shop. Now, I probably wouldn't take an auto shop. That's not really my path in life. That's not really what I enjoy. But I have some brothers who would, who would have gladly taken auto shop. When I subbed at my same high school, there was a wood shop that wasn't being used. In fact, the ag teacher had kind of taken it over as a staging ground. Not because we're a huge ag area, but because they canceled wood shop. Not because of lack of interest, just they decided it wasn't where they wanted to go with the school. And I'm just like, but we need carpenters. <laughs> like, those are decent jobs. They may not be, you know, 
molecular engineers, but you know what? We need carpenters because molecular, molecular engineers don't build houses, right? Or cabinets or build furniture, like good quality furniture. That's not what we see. And so that's another reason why I think homeschooling for high school is great because you have the opportunity to let your kid follow their passion or their gifting. If they want to do music, they can do music and still learn math and still learn English and still learn science and history. If they want to be an engineer, not only can they you know, do it with the limitations of the school, they can go to the best teachers that the world has to offer by go- using some of the free resources that are out there online. They can start taking those classes as a, maybe even a freshman or a sophomore in high school at the JC, right, at the junior college, and start getting those units, right, getting those GE requirements out of the way so that then when they hit college, officially, when they graduate from high school and hit college, they already have a year or two. And so while their classmates are struggling under the heavy load of maybe 15 or 18 units, they're able to create the space in their schedule to take a lighter load and still graduate on time or even early. And so I just want that floating around in the back of your head as well. Like it's a great gifting um, to be able to provide your kid with that. Now, I understand that some people are really into sports and I get it sort of. I, I love playing sports. I don't really care for watching them. Um, but I, I've heard over and over again, well, I don't want to go to homeschool because my kid's going to you know, play soccer or baseball or football. And how are they going to get a scholarship for? Well, that may be true, right? And, and it, is, it is a possibility that you, they need to play on a team um, a high school team in order to get, you know, people to watch them, I guess. But in my experience, at least, the vast majority of people who get picked up don't just play during the school year. They play club as well. And I, and at least my understanding is, is that if you're good, you're good. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, they'll pick you. And the vast majority of professional players, you know, they get picked they go to college, they play in college, and then they move on from there. And so if you go out to tryouts and you blow everyone away, but you were homeschooled, you know, what's the difference? Does it really matter? Um, or, you know, you, you, know, you start courting those and be like, well, I play soccer. So can, you know, like I'm interested in a soccer scholarship. Can you send someone out or here's a demo video of me playing soccer? Here's a game. Is that something that you guys might offer a scholarship for? I know they do it with choir and stuff all the time because I have friends who are music majors. Now, the last piece that I wanted to talk about was how other or how higher institutions often view homeschoolers. Um, Now, I I can't say across the board because I don't know across the board. I do know that I've had several conversations with um, vendors for homeschoolers who are primarily based on the East Coast. And they were visiting out here in California. And I talked to them and they were really intrigued by why people were asking the certain kind of questions they were asking at the time. And what I learned throughout these conversations, I want to say I probably had three or four of these conversations in the course of an afternoon, is that oftentimes on the East Coast in particular, um, in states like Virginia, the universities actually prefer high schoolers, homeschool high schoolers, because they're pretty much guaranteed to have a better quality student than a public school educated kid for a couple of reasons. One Parents care more about their kids' education, by and large, than the random teachers that you're going to get in a public school or even in a private school, just because of the factor of they're my kid, right? Um, second off, a 
the transition from high school to college is very different, right? When you're in high school, a bell rings, you show up, right? The bell rings, you go to class. The bell rings, you go to another class. The bell rings, you go to another class. The bell rings, you go to lunch, and then so on and so forth. Every part of your day, okay, go home, do this. Do this piece of homework. Read these sections of the book. There's going to be a quiz tomorrow. There's going to be a test at the end of the week. We're going to have assessments and projects and assessments and projects. Then you go to college, and I don't have that class every day. I have that class every other day, or Mondays and Wednesdays, or you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, or maybe on Fridays, right? I have them on a, on a different schedule than I'm used to, and the professor may or may not care if I'm there, and I may not have real homework, or at least homework that they're going to check up on. Instead, it's a, you have a paper due this day and a paper due that way. Here are the topics you have to choose from. Go ahead and choose it. Here's the rubric we're going to grade you on. Make sure you turn it in. I don't accept late work. Or you have a, uh, a um, midterm and a final, and that's it. And so, but a homeschool kid is better at gauging and understanding and operating inside of their own, like understanding what to do, right? They have better time management because they've had to t- manage their time better. They have better um, abilities, like uh, understanding of what they need to do and how to do it because they've always had to execute themselves, or at least with minimal help, as opposed to being a high school teacher, right? Having sat in a classroom. Hey, Johnny, you were supposed to turn that in yesterday. Hey, Johnny, your mom called me and told me that your dog ate your homework. You know, you need to redo it. I can only accept it for another three days. I mean, you might get that with some professors, but in a lot of cases, it might be like, I know as a teacher, my policy was always, I don't accept late work. If I happen to have not graded it and you get it in my stack before I grade it and you want to risk that, you may not be counted late simply because I don't know it's late. But seeing as in college, the professors don't stay in one room and they take their papers with them, they may not be that lenient. They may just say, I'm sorry, you missed the deadline. It's not my fault you don't know how to write an essay. It's not my fault that you, you know, didn't get it here on time. It's not my fault that you... And, that, and so homeschool kids have an advantage in that regard because they've been self-motivated. They, they understand time management a little bit better, things like that. And oftentimes, because their parents are involved, they've been through a more rigorous um, education system. And they're more widely read, to be honest, oftentimes. They're more widely read. They have a little bit better understanding of how the real world works because they haven't been taught from whatever perspective that particular teacher is. Instead, they've been taught by their parent and it, their, their educational life and their actual life are more integrated. Okay, so that's my spiel on why I think you should homeschool your high schooler. I fully intend to. Um, I'm not there yet. My daughter's going into fifth grade. So... Uh, hopefully when we get there, it'll be a great fun and we'll enjoy it. And we'll have a lot of, you know, opportunities to, for her to kind of take more ownership and for me to still pour in as much as I can. So, um, remember if you like this podcast, please like it, share it, hit whatever buttons and leave whatever reviews you can. And, um, I will go in and look at those and review those, share it with a friend so that they can, you know, hopefully get some encouragement and see the possibilities. And also remember, we have an Instagram account. It's homeschooled podcast. And I think that is about all. Have a great day.